0: Have you ever struggled with understanding the Word of God? You're not alone. Let's look at the scriptures together and understand how we can apply biblical principles in our daily lives. Right here on the Creekside Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Creekside Podcast. My name is James. This is our pastor, Pastor Drew Byers. Co-host. And co-host. Thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Pastor and co-host. Pastor uh, and co-host. I'm just a little old host over no. here. James
1: is, James is the brains and the looks Listen, behind we're this. not going to talk about the brains. So speaking of looks, if you can see this on YouTube, <laughs> I, I am very, very warm. <laughs> <laughs> and that is re- represented by the fact that I'm sweaty. So yeah. if you're watching this on YouTube, you are blessed beyond measure.
0: I hope you're sitting in a cool room. Yeah, yeah. Watching for, this. Turn
1: bump that AC down in about two degrees in solidarity <laughs> with me, please. But that just shows you how hard working James and I are that we That's what you know, we do. We're just sitting in chairs, but we're sweating, you know. <laughs> so all um, right. I need to stop. Luke <laughs> chapter eighteen. <laughs>
0: I'm ready when you are. You're this ready. Thing when I, is, I'm just yeah. gonna start
1: in verse one, and I really just want to hit verses one through eight. This is a we talked about the parables last time in Luke 13. This is a parable, and I think there's a lot in here for us. So, Definitely. Luke 18, uh, verse one, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, "In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man." to his elect, who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? What jumps out to you, James, in that short parable?
0: I, I feel like this um, really... Um, Gosh, there's a word I'm looking for, and it's not coming to my mind right now. Reiterates—that's okay. the word, because it's a big one. Uh, this really reiterates, you know, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Hmm. I feel like the, um, you know, we're um, well, God, not yeah, well, not God just uh, granted justice to select. I, I feel like, he, you know, He's called us out and He's there for us. But I want to hear your take on this.
1: Yeah, I think that um, I think that again, we're taking we're talking about this. Parable. We want to throw it alongside of the other teaching here. Um, we want to make sure that we're not just isolating the parable. Yeah. Um, in the in the preceding chapter, uh, we talk about uh, the coming of the the kingdom of God, um, and in the in the in the following verses, in verse number nine, you have this this beautiful prayer of this sinner. And I think this, I think this is the teaching that we want to put alongside of, obviously we want to interpret the whole book in, in its context. We want to interpret it canonically. Um, but in verse number, in verse number nine, he tells this other parable that I think pairs so well with this. And it's the parable of the righteous man and the tax collector or the Pharisee and the tax collector. Um, and not, I don't want to read it just for time's sake, but the, uh, the Pharisee is standing there praying, God, thank you that I'm not like this tax collector. And the tax collector's on his face, beating his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Um, Verse 14 says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. The one who humbles himself will be exalted. So we understand that that prayer. Uh, We understand that we're not to be like the Pharisee and to look down on others and say, God, thank you that I'm not like them. Uh, your, your biggest problem, like, I don't care who you are, if you're listening to this or you're me or you're James, uh, your biggest problem today is your own sin. You know, uh, yeah. I know it's really easy to think that our problems are, you know, our, uh, people in our lives who are difficult or, you know, we have difficult jobs or whatever it might be. No, your biggest problem today is your own sin. And when you get that, when you, when you understand that, um, you the solutions to your problems really become a lot clearer. Um, You know, uh, you can't really always change your circumstance, but you can always try to fight your sin. Okay. So in the in that power of the Holy Spirit, certainly, um, right. we understand this. We understand this prayer in verses nine through thirteen or nine through fourteen. This this prayer of this righteous man and this sinner. But in this parable of this persistent widow, um, it's a it's a little bit strange. Uh, it's a it's a unique parable in the way that it's told, and its its meaning is a little bit uh, more complex. But Jesus tells us in verse number one what the purpose of this parable is. He told them a parable to the effect, what? That they ought always to pray and to not lose heart. Mm -hmm. This is a parable about prayer. And so Jesus gives an illustration uh, in this parable of what it looks like to persistently pray. Now, here's where we want to stop and say we sometimes want to allegorize the parables and so we imagine the widow is me and the judge is like god or something you know that i'm i'm coming to god with my requests over and over again but we see in this that this judge is not just he neither fears god nor respects man so right there That kind of analogy breaks down um, because I don't come to an unjust God with my requests. I come to a just God with my requests. What's in mind here? Well, here's this guy who is too... Too big for his own britches to use that expression. Uh, he does not. He's not afraid of what God thinks. He's not afraid of what man thinks. But this guy seems to have uh, some measure of authority in this certain city. Uh, this judge that's described here. His word becomes law. And there's a widow who has been uh, treated unjustly. There's she has an adversary. We know nothing of the context. Again, this is not a historical scenario. This is a you know this is a fictitious. Um, story in this context and this widow comes to him day after day she's always at his office she's always just knocking on his door she's always coming to him with her complaint every time that she's available um you know if you were in customer service you'd be like oh my goodness why does this why won't this woman leave me alone she keeps on coming to this judge and this judge is wicked. He's not a good judge. He's an unjust judge. But because of the persistence of the widow, because of the persistence of her coming to him, what does the judge do? The unrighteous judge, he says, I will do what she asks. I will give her justice so she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Now, we know this is a parable about prayer. And so we can be tempted to misconstrue this parable by thinking, if I pray and bother God enough, maybe finally he will give me what I'm asking for. Mm. Uh, that that doesn't compute quite, quite correctly because really at that point, God is a genie in a lamp and prayers amount to rubbing the lamp, you know? And if we just you know, make enough appeals. If we put enough coins in the vending machine, then we can, you know, we can get the famous Amos cookies out of the top. You know, (laughs) that's not the way God works. And I think that sometimes we can, you know, God, God does not care about the length of your prayers. You know, uh, short prayers are in the scripture. Long prayers are in the scripture. Sometimes Jesus prayed short times. Sometimes he stayed up all night praying. You know, both of those things are true. Um, but the persistence of your prayers is something that God cares about. So we might, we might be tempted to read this wrongly and think if we just pray enough, then God will open whatever door. But we need to notice here what, what this widow is coming and appealing to this judge about. Clearly there is a right and a wrong that's been done. The judge doesn't seem to be aware of the situation. The widow is coming and saying, I have been wronged shouldn't justice be done? And even though this just judge doesn't fear God and doesn't honor man, he sees this situation and says, yes, justice should be done um, mm-hmm. because of the appeal of this, of this woman. Okay, so we might take this and say, hey, if I just pray long enough about, you know, what kinds of things people pray about, a new job, a new car, enough money, a, you know, um, a, a spouse if you're not married, you know, if I just pray long enough or hard enough, God will eventually give me the desires of my heart. Sad to say, I don't think that's the teaching of Scripture, because sometimes God giving you what you really desire would actually pull you away from what He really desires for you. Now, here's here's where the rubber meets the road. God is a God of justice, so we should pray for God's justice to be done in the world. Uh, we should certainly concern ourselves with praying towards that effect. Uh, but just praying our own requests, just praying what we think is the right thing, is not always uh, the, the, the way that we should pray. I mean, let's just face it. I, I'm not very wise. I, I, my, my knowledge is extremely limited. So there are certain times that I think I know what God's will might be in a situation But God's will might actually be the opposite of that. So just to give you a scriptural example, the prophet Jeremiah, you read the book of Jeremiah. God tells Jeremiah, you go, you preach. I will put my words in your mouth. You go and tell the people. All right, so if you're Jeremiah, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to preach. And what do you want to have? I want the people to hear and to repent and to turn from their sin and to turn back to the Lord. What does God tell Jeremiah is going to happen? No, you're going to go. You're going to preach. The word is going to be true, and the people are going to turn away from me. Actually, your preaching of the truth is going to repel them. It's not going to bring them. It's going to prove their condemnation. Okay, so there's God's will. God's will is that the preaching actually repel the people. Jeremiah's prayer you know is, as Jeremiah's praying before he goes to preach what should he pray? you know he's been told that the, the what God's will is going to be he's been told that the people aren't going to hear he's been told that they're going to turn away that they're people without ears to hear without eyes to see what should his praying be? Lord let your will be done let your word be let your word do exactly uh, what it's going to do Hebrews tells us the word of God is alive and active dividing even between you know the, the bones and the marrow right the joints and the marrow. So when we when we consider that when we consider what the will of God is, that we don't always know what the will of God is, uh, and so we need not presume upon God's will. However, in an ordinary you know in ordinary circumstances, right? We don't we don't receive uh, the kind of direct revelation that Jeremiah. Received in the Old Testament, God's given us His Word. We should pray in accordance with God's Word. What God's Word has revealed to us. If you want to pray, I don't know where I heard this first, but it's a good little anecdote. If you want to pray the will of God, you need to learn to pray the Word of God, yeah. right? And and just and just keeping that in mind. Okay, so I think that's what we see this widow doing. Mm-hmm. You know, in 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 fewer in fewer words, it says that she was concerned about. Justice. She was concerned about a wrong that was done for her, done towards her, and she is pleading and appealing for justice. And so, we too, as Christians, we should pray for justice. The problem is, I don't always know what justice looks like. I don't always know what God's justice being meted out actually looks like. You know, the, the Bible never says that I am to judge the wicked. Right? It says that God, I am to warn others that God is to judge the wicked. Right, We leave the judgment, the execution of judgment up to the Lord. Um, now, it says that we are certainly to discern what sin is. It's not just to say, hey, I can't ever make any moral claims about what's right and wrong. I'll just leave that to God. No, well, that's not really reading what the Bible says. There's a clear direction. There's, there's the Bible's very clear about certain things and so we need to be clear about those things, but we need to be honest in our praying that we don't know everything. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and be honest about the fact that, Hey Lord, this, this looks like what you would desire. Mm-hmm. Um, but let your will be done and not my will be done. But the goal of this, of this parable is persistence. Yeah. How often do you pray? How often do you come to the Lord? Uh, and I'm often I'm often discouraged in my prayer life if I'm honest because I'm uh, I think I'm really good about praying about things once, you know I'm really good about writing it down on my prayer list, right. and the next day I'll flip to a new a new sheet on my prayer list and I'll write some new things down, and sometimes I'll go back and review, but the fervency for those for those prayers for those things sometimes they fall by the wayside. Um, Prayer is a mystery. It's a mysterious thing. Um, we don't understand the intricacies of it. We don't understand um, how God uses prayer. But we know that He does. We know that He hears prayer. We know that He responds to prayer. And He works in such a way that God ordains prayer to accomplish certain things in the world that would not have been accomplished had his people not prayed. But he accomplishes those things in a way that is in accordance with his sovereign will. Okay, Mm -hmm. so like God ordains that the prayers of the saints change things in the world. So God hears our prayers. Like Let's just stop and park it right there. I think one of the reasons we don't pray persistently, and let me just speak personally, one of the reasons I don't pray as persistently as I should, is because deep down in my heart, I'm not really convinced it's going to do any good. Mm. That sounds really unchristian to to say, um, but let's just let's just be honest. If we thought prayer did some good, we would pray. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's just that's just the bottom line. Whenever we're at the end of our ropes, we don't know what else we can do. What do we do? We pray. Yeah. Shouldn't that not be our first step? Should that not be our first thing? Well, here, this this parable tells us that God hears our prayers. Be persistent in your praying, not because it's like dropping coins into a vending machine. All right, That's not it, and when you pray enough prayers, God will finally answer that prayer. Um, but we need to be persistent in our prayers because our Father hears our prayers. He knows what we need before we even ask. So when we look at this parable, we need to understand who our God is. Um, and that and that's really where Jesus gets to. He doesn't just leave it at the act of praying, but he says if you understand who your God is, if you understand the one that you're praying to, you'll understand prayer more faithfully. I, I think sometimes maybe we just think about our, our praying becomes so So fleshly, it becomes like some everything else that we do. You know, like if you want to lose weight, you can put, you can go on a diet, you can run, you can go to the gym. You put in the effort, you'll see the results. If you want to make more money, you can get a different job. You know, work more hours, whatever it might be. Um, If you want to plant a garden, you get out there and you dig and you plant seeds and you water and you know you might see the growth. But prayer is not the same kind of things as all of those things. It's a spiritual exercise, and I think sometimes we can think so much about the practice of praying that we forget who we're praying to. We forget what our father is like. We forget what the Lord is like. If we consider what the Lord is like, we will pray more fervently, more persistently, I think. And so that's what uh, Jesus gets to here in verse number six. This widow comes to him asking for justice. The Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. So how much more? Uh, Will God hear? Verse number seven. And will not God give justice to his elect who cried to him night and day? Will he delay long over them? I will tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth. God is not at all like the unjust judge. So I think that's an important thing to consider. If the unjust judge will give justice to a persistent widow who comes and constantly knocks on his door, what is our God like? He's not like that judge. And, you know, there's, there's a contradiction here. So this this parable is kind of a it's asked the question of like how much more or like is God not greater exactly. than this human, this human example? Uh, and so he says, will not God give justice to his elect? The answer there is yes, certainly he will. He will not leave his people, uh, those that he has redeemed. Uh, to face ultimately injustice, you know, he's going to bring about justice in their in their lives. Now, will it be done uh, in an instant? I think it's interesting. Uh, in verse number eight, it says, "I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily." Now we we live in a world where you talk about justice and everybody loses their ever loving minds because they've not they've not understood what we actually mean or what the scripture actually means. I have no concern or no desire for a humanistic justice mm-hmm. uh, because a humanistic justice is ultimately has humanity at the center. Uh, and we're not, I'm not concerned about a world where humanity is glorified. And, right. uh, you know, I, that's, that's just me personally. Now, there's a lot of, like I said, we can get, and this can get really controversial and really con- convoluted, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not saying that God doesn't care about what happens in society. I'm not saying God doesn't care about people at all. That, that's not at all what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But we're talking, we're both using the same words, justice, and we're using them in entirely different kinds of ways. So what we're looking for here is a a God a God-sized justice God's justice come to earth where the right is ultimately that which prevails and the wrong is ultimately that which is judged and God is the just judge. It's not me. It's not you. It's not the church. Right? right. The church is the uh, the church is the body of Christ, but it's not the one who pronounces uh, the ultimate judgment. It's the Lord, and He will do that on the last day. However, when we think about justice, here's here's what I think about. In verse number 8, I tell you, He will give justice to them speedily. What will God give to us immediately every time we ask for it? 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. If you come to the Lord, and you ask for his justice concerning your sins, he will give it to you immediately. Mm -hmm. The Lord forgives sinners of their sin because Jesus has been judged in their place. So God would be unjust to hold sinners who have trusted in Jesus guilty for their sins because he would have judged their sin twice right they would have judged their sin in jesus on the cross and he would also judge them uh, personally when jesus stood in as their substitute. it would violate the very justice of god for god to hold sinners who have trusted in jesus for their sins responsible for their penalty because jesus has paid their penalty in full that's an amazing amazing thing to consider how often do we pray like this is true Mm-hmm. How often do we believe God will forgive us of our sins? If we believe that we would come to the Lord more persistently, will he not give justice to his people speedily? Yes, is the, is the answer to that question. But Jesus asked this question. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Do we have the kind of faith that prays this kind of prayer? And I think verse number 9, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, is an example of of someone praying this exact kind of prayer right. in a way that God hears. Notice what it says in verse number uh, 14 of Luke 18. I tell you, this man, the tax collector who beat his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house. What does it say? Justified. Mm.
0: All
1: right? Will not God give justice? This man went home justified. Right. Right. You see the very, there in the very words of Scripture, how is God giving us His justice? He doesn't give us His justice through a human institution. He gives us His justice in Christ. You know, a once-for-all kind of sacrifice that He has made us right in His sight. Not just that we did never did anything wrong, but also God treats us like we did everything right. Mm. You know, He treats us in a way we totally do not deserve because... Jesus has stood in our place. Yeah. When we understand the gospel, we're going to pray, right? We're going to pray more persistently. We're going to ask God for the things that he has promised to do to give us. And in this Particular context, I think. I think we're talking about the forgiveness of sins, the kinds of prayers like the tax collector prays, "God be merciful to me, mm-hmm. a sinner." How many times a day should we pray that? You know, I, I, and I think if we started when we woke up in the morning and we stopped when we went to bed at night, we still wouldn't have enough time to pray that prayer throughout the day. Are we persistent in those kinds of prayers? Persistent in bringing our sins before the Lord, knowing that God hears our prayers. Yeah. God uses the prayers of the saints to bring about his work and his ways in the world. And he does that in ways we don't. We often won't comprehend. But that's what we get out of this parable here in Luke chapter 18. There's certainly more that we could say, but does that raise any questions or bring about any comments for you?
0: Yeah, well, and I love you were pointing out the uh, the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. But that verse uh, 14, uh, I tell you, and again, I have a little bit of a different version I tell you, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exhausted, exalted, not exhausted, exalted. And so I think going back to this first part, when we are praying persistently, there. Unfortunately, there's people who do that in a prideful Mm -hmm. way that will just, they stand there like the Pharisee and they pray fervently and it's very holy. It sounds amazing, but they're doing it all to exalt themselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, the, the lady here, she is doing it humbly. Yeah. And she's going after it with all of her passion, not pride. Right. You know, and I think that's the key. To, and then the very last verse that we read up there, um, verse 8, where he ends it with, will he find faith on earth? Mm-hmm. Are we doing it with faith? Or are we just yeah. trying to be seen? Are we trying to exalt yeah. ourselves? Or are we doing it out of um, out of a place that's saying, this is good for me. I don't really care what the will of God is. Mm. This is what I want. Yeah. So I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. And I'm going to ask. I really want a Dodge Ram 3500. Do I need that? No, I'm probably going to haul milk in it, you know, <laughs> like for the kids, that's as much, but I really want it. So do sure. I pray that in a way that says, God, I really want this truck. I need this truck. Get this truck to me. Give me this truck. Or, you know, do I go go to God and say, Hey God, you know, I need money for this or God help my friend who just got diagnosed with cancer. You know, those, those prayers that are in my opinion, humbling yourself and saying yeah. these, not that you can't pray for yourself. I do want to say that too. You know,
1: Certainly. And I, I think you you should pray for yourself. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I mean, your, your biggest problem, the biggest problem that we have is our sinfulness, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the number one issue we're all facing. Um, certainly prayer is a great weapon against our own sinfulness, against our own depravity that we right. can pray in such a way um, that, that God will slowly sanctify us by, by the means of grace. It's one of the means of grace that God gives us is, is prayer and the, the hearing uh, His hearing of our prayer and his answering of our prayer. Uh, but I think you're, I think you're exactly right. Um, are we coming before the Lord in humility or are we coming with, with pride? And I, I love what you said there, James, that sometimes I think we just pray for ourselves. Um, for the purpose of, we might be praying for other people, mm-hmm. but we're doing it so that we feel good, like we've done our good Christian duty right. um, by praying. That's not the view that Scripture has of prayer, of what prayer does, or, or how it's accomplished. Certainly, we should pray, and I would I would even say if if uh, you know false motivations make you to pray. I mean, there there might be some good in that, but we need to always be checking our motives, that it's not just something that we do so that we check it off of our checklist of what we're supposed to do as good Christians. But, right. oh my goodness, look at God. Look at the look at the kind of Savior that we have in Jesus. Doesn't that make you want to pray? Doesn't right. that make you want to d- desire? Doesn't that make you want to be persistent in asking for the Lord uh, to, to do these kinds of things? It should. It certainly yeah. should. And so we can use this scripture to apply it to our own hearts. Are we... Are we like the persistent widow who comes before the Lord consistently? And are we like the tax collector coming before the Lord fully aware of our sin? Because we'll only come persistently looking for justice, God's justice, if we come fully aware of our own sin and our need for God's mercy. If we come persistently, but we come like the Pharisee, whatever we're bringing before the Lord won't be God's justice likely it will be our own you right. know configuration of what justice should look like but if we're coming before the lord humbly and we're coming before the lord with the desire for his mercy aware of our sin and our just total unworthiness to even be talking to the lord oh how humbling that is right, right? God I don't even deserve to be sitting you know in your presence let alone to be called your son you know adopted through the gospel uh, let alone to be called your friend let alone for you to hear my prayers you know any one of those things would be more than I ever deserved but he's given me all of these things right okay now I'm ready to pray now I'm ready to bring my request before the Lord, exactly. you know, knowing that he hears my prayers, knowing he desires me to pray and praying persistently in a way that accords with his will.
0: And I think it's important to note also that we will never have the right words. We will never have mm-hmm. that. Oh, I know exactly mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to say at this moment. And yeah. now I, now I'm completely ready you know, and I like to think of, uh, the I guess, the three parts of the Trinity, almost like a filter where the Holy Spirit knows what I really mean. Sure. He knows my heart, and then he takes that to the Son, and the Son says, okay, now in my righteousness, I'm going to take it to the Father, sure. yeah. and and now here's what the prayer actually, because James has no clue what he's saying, <laughs> Right. but I know what he means.
1: I can't remember who I read, where I read this, uh, but I was, I was reading on prayer recently, and someone said, the Holy Spirit takes our prayers before the throne of God. God and communicates them in a way that we would have prayed if we were wiser. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think that you know, and when we pray in accordance with the will of God, um, certainly you know, Lord let your will be done. Um, I don't know what that will is, but God, I certainly want Your will. We can trust that the Lord will 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 hear that, and that will He He will use that according to the purpose of His will. I do think I think you're right on, James. We're never going to know the right words to pray. Um, you know, some people say, "Hey, you know, praying is just like talking to God." And then I hear some people pray, and they pray with this beautiful language that's this kind of majestic language, right. and I, I love you know it just moves me uh, deeply. And I think, man, I want to pray like that and then here i am from east tennessee and you know i don't i don't sound like that or like you know i I listen to some british guys who preach yeah. sometimes and listen to them pray and like oh my gosh if i could just pray in a british accent maybe right. god would hear my <laughs> prayers more more faithfully uh, but but thinking about that i do think it's important that we know we'll never have the right words to express but our thoughts and our concepts of what we what we pray should be shaped by the scripture yes. you know uh, that, that we need to seek to pray Scriptural concepts. We need to pray the Psalms, you know, and and just know, you know. Lord, help me to like Psalm one says, help me to delight in your law, not in my own self, not in my sin. Help me to delight in your law, and and learning how to pray in accordance with the Scripture. God's given us the words we need to pray, right? We just need to learn how to pray them, you yeah. know, and letting our letting our vocabulary in our prayer be shaped by. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly by the scripture, I think that's I think that's great and really helpful. But at the same time, uh, God knows your vernacular. You know, yeah. uh, He knows He knows the idioms uh, that you use. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and he was saying, "I never realized uh, he, he was in the military and he was on a base." And he said, "I never realized being from uh, East Tennessee how much everything I say is like in idioms." or, you know, or like, uh, you know, these colloquial phrases. And this guy from, uh, he was, I think he's either from the Northeast or from the West Coast was sitting there listening to him talk. And he said, you just said like eight sentences and all of them were just idioms, you know? Like, (laughs) and I didn't understand a single one of them. Uh, God understands our idioms. He understands our colloquial phrases. He understands the vernacular. Uh, And so we can, we can take hope in that. It's not, it's not hocus pocus and we have to say the right kinds of words or a magical formula we need to come with persistence. We need to come with, you know, That's with right. the scripture. We need to come praying and desiring the will of God. We need to come in humility. Those yeah. are the prayers, God. With faith. Yes, with faith. Those are the prayers that our God hears and our God loves to answer and he will answer them. He so will. we should pray.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And I I really enjoy learning uh the scripture with you and getting into these uh especially I, I really like parables um i you know you'll catch me i'll say this is my favorite thing oh this is my favorite thing and i I don't i try not to do that uh but parables really are kind of my favorite thing because you learn (laughs) so much stuff yeah through parables yeah and 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 maybe
1: that's why jesus used them i think he knew what he was doing he might have known what he was doing (laughs) there yeah anything else you want to add before we go today uh, just that the Bible is uh, is good for us to read and consider, and it instructs us, and hopefully beats us up in the best way, right. you know, uh, whoops our hind in, and teaches <laughs> us the way that we should walk. Um, we we need that, uh, but it does it in a way that gives us grace and uh, conveys to us the truth about God. So, man, if you're a man or woman, whoever's listening to this, if you're out there and you're just like, my prayer life is a disaster. Um, I don't pray yeah. very well. Uh, take heart, you know the Lord has not forgotten you. He's not, right. he's not discounted you. Um, he he wants you to pray, um, and he's given you this parable so that you might be motivated to pray. That's why he tells it to his disciples, so they they might be persistent in prayer. So yeah. if you're start where you're at, you know I'm training for a half marathon right now, and I'm training very slowly. Um, but what you what you do when you when you train is you start really, you know, you start with just a, a short run, you start with a few miles and a few more, and what you find is over time you begin to learn to like it. You begin mm-hmm. to you begin to learn how. So start where you're at. Maybe you need some training wheels for your praying. Maybe you need to call someone once a week and pray with them just to have some accountability there and, and start right there uh, and see where that comes from. But if your prayer life is lacking, uh, know that so many other Christians are in the same boat that you yeah. are. Uh, we're not always up front about how miserable our prayer lives are, um, but maybe that's a good place for us to start so that we might learn how to grow in that.
0: Yeah well and step number one was listening to this podcast we really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to uh what we've learned through the scripture and uh, Mm -hmm. listen to us discuss it um i encourage you to share this podcast if you know someone that may be struggling with prayer right now or if they have uh just anything that you thought well wow they could they could benefit from hearing this share it uh we're on youtube as well so if they if they're not tech savvy just about everybody can watch a youtube video yeah um
1: but be warned, because you know, it's hot in here, and
0: it's uh, <laughs> if you're
1: watching the YouTube video, it's uh, this is you know, the there's rep- no there's no makeup, there's no, there's no you know makeup. there's no production quality here, you, you know, know, it's uh, it's just me and James sitting in a, a sweaty room,
0: room. <laughs> we're in a sauna right yeah. now, just talking. <laughs> oh man, that's worth it. So. It is. Thanks, James. And thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time right here on the Creekside Village Show Podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this
0: podcast
1: today. I know there's a ton of things you could have spent your time listening to, but James and I are grateful you spent some time hanging out with us. If you'd like to learn more about Creekside Fellowship, you can go to our website at creeksidefellowshiptn.com. Uh, You can find our contact info there. If you've uh, enjoyed listening to the podcast, you can rate and review and subscribe and all that fun stuff. And if you have any questions for us, you can email us at info at CreeksideFellowshipTN.org. That's all on our website. You can also connect with us on social media. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. Hope you'll tune in next time.